G'day, pork chops. Welcome back. Wow, that sounds a bit bogan. Hello. It is your host, Amy Gerard, back in the studio on my own. It was just, It's a solo podcast today. It's a personal monologue. I'm going to be doing a lot of rambling. It's hard for me to interject my personality when there is no one to bounce off, but we're going to give it a red hot crack. I guess I wanted to come on. And not pat myself metaphorically on the back, but I wanted to share what I did this week. So on Tuesday, I actually spoke at a women's in business conference. And now it was was it was for women in real estate. And you're probably thinking, the fuck are you speaking at a real estate conference for? And you know what? I thought the exact same thing. So one of the event organizers reached out to Lisa and mentioned that they were having this event for women in business um, and obviously they're all different. They're getting on a whole different bunch of speakers. So one was a financial advisor. Some other people were all about real estate. There was someone, I don't know, clothing or something. And then the reason they asked me to come on was because they wanted to talk about how you can build your own personal brand. Now, I was a little bit like I still – I. I I still have hardcore imposter syndrome. I I don't think that I am anything special or anything like that. But she was like, look, you don't have the famous footballer husband. You don't have the famous musician husband. You haven't been on a reality TV show. Your audience has purely come from your personality and from the content that you used to put out and, you know, the reels that you used to make. So... Whilst that was quite flattering, I was very reluctant to get up there because I know how I built my following and I know how, you know, the audience came about. But I I also think that I'm in the minority of people that have shared the content that they shared. I am a complete open book and I always have been my whole entire life. I have never shied away from having awkward discussions or just telling the truth about how I feel or what I'm going through. I, I'm i honest to almost to a detriment sometimes. I, I share it all. Sometimes it backfires in my face. Sometimes, you know, you're meant to keep things to yourself. I've never known how to. So Tuesday came about. I, I can't, I cannot explain what goes through my body. I You put me in a room with a thousand people. I'll give you this example. Put me in a room with a thousand people. I will work the floor. I will walk through. Hi, I'm Amy. How are you? Blah, blah. I can make conversation. I can introduce myself. I can absolutely hold a conversation. You put me on a stage where a thousand people, there wasn't that many at this conference, just FYI, but you put me on a stage where everybody is just staring directly at you and the lights are shining directly at you and there's a photographer standing a meter from your face and I have to talk at people and I crumble. Now, my anxiety is what I don't even suffer from anxiety, but I suffer from anxiety when I know I have to public speak. My mum and dad used to make me public speak as a kid in the hope that it would, you know, help me help boost my confidence or help me with public speaking in the future. And it has done absolutely jack shit. I, I, I don't know what it is. I just hate public speaking. I remember walking down the aisle at my wedding and similar situation. I'm walking down and 
80 people or 100 people were just staring directly at me. And so whilst Ryan's at the end of the aisle trying to have these really, you know, romantic moments with me and look me in the eyes, I I could not even make eye contact with him. I had my head face down staring at my feet. I was like paralyzed with fear. I so I didn't look I didn't lift my head up. I made out like I was just trying to make sure I didn't trip over my dress, but in truth, I was terrified. I I don't know what it is. You put me in a podcast room, I'm fine. You put me at home, I can talk to 117,000 people on my social media platform. You put me in a room where I'm, again, talking about something that I know, but everybody's there and I just, I crumble. So I got up on stage. They, Shelley Horton was the MC. She introduced us. We got up on stage. I, I, I did it with Lisa. Lisa is a fantastic public speaker. She used to work at NAB and she used to literally travel all around like Asia Pacific doing seminars on uh, social media. So like strategies and algorithm and all of that stuff. She knows her shit, but she she's one of those people that just flourishes on stage. You know, I think I do think it's a learned behavior and obviously she's been doing it for a long time, but she's incredible. Like it's her calling. She needs to be doing, she should be an MC. Um, so had I not been doing it with her, I would have uh, self-combusted into flames without a doubt. And had I had to stand, that would have been detrimental as well. So we got up on stage, um, a brief introduction, and I sat down and I don't know if anyone here has ever fainted before, but I have. And when I f- can feel the urge to, like not the urge to faint, but I can feel these symptoms coming on, basically I the room starts spinning and my hearing goes muffled and then I, I break out in this cold sweat. Now, if I had been standing, I would have hit the floor so quickly. I was I wasn't, I was sitting and I, I literally was mic'd up like Madonna and I had to lean back and I said, I, I think... I think I could be going into cardiac arrest. My heart was beating so fast. So that was my intro. Not very professional. Listen, maybe being that vulnerable is my endearing quality. I don't know. It kind of got a few giggles. I think a lot of people in the audience probably just felt very sorry for me. Yeah. And then we kind of kick-started. I was woeful in the first five minutes. And then I want to say that I started getting a little bit better. And even though it was stuff that I am very comfortable talking about, it was the audience staring directly at me. And there was this one table and there was this poor lady and she was right at the front of the table. I think I said to Lisa before I got on, where do I look? She goes, just pan around the crowd. And I was like, fuck no. So I basically would stare directly at the ceiling or I would stare at this one lady who was sat directly in front of me. And I'm sure she was like, do do we know each other? You are directing all of your answers at me. Can, can you stop looking at me? She, poor thing probably wanted to pick up her phone and text her husband or something and I would not let go of her eye gaze only to look at the ceiling and then straight back to her. So anyway, I got up there. They wanted to know a little bit about myself. Now, I don't know, I shared a little bit of background on who I am as a person and then they were like, what's your online brand? And I was like, oh, God, fuck. My online brand is is just me. That is what my online brand is. And if you are trying to build up your social media, you have to just 
think about who you are as a person, right? And let all of that come to the surface and just be your most authentic, filter-free self. So I guess my online brand is me. I want to say that I'm a pretty positive person, glass half full type girl. I've also had three children, so I'm a little bit clinically insane now, but I'm able to laugh in the face of adversity. And you know what? My children are adversity and I do a lot of laughing every single day. So my brand, I would say, is just real life. It's about real life. It's like people come to my page, I want to say, for a reality check. Showing up, I show up in my most authentic self. I I have been very fucking busy this week. We are, our house is going through some changes. We have renovated. We are doing lots of things to the house and I have been somewhat MIA. But when I do come on, I try and deliver, you know, engaging content that mums can relate to or fashion stuff that people can take some tips away from or makeup. I did some makeup and hair tutorials. I'm trying to always make sure the content's engaging and if not engaging, then entertaining it at least. So people wanted to know how I grew my personal brand. And obviously that was definitely not overnight. I can hand on my heart say I never intended to grow a brand. I just... I just shared like everyone else when they started, you know, Instagram, I would share nights out with my friends. I would share. I remember when I met Ryan, he got a debut on my Instagram. Hey, here's my new boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. We went away on holidays. We had some holiday snaps. Next minute I'm pregnant. Everyone was like, whoa, there would have been so many judgy people, but I just shared it all. And I think the difference between me and others at the time was, you know, I my pregnancy was kind of difficult. All three of my pregnancies I had complications. And so I would just write about it. And I would be really honest, like pregnant pregnancy is an absolute blessing, but it was fucking hard for me. So I would write about it. And I struggled to find accounts that I could resonate with. I struggled to find accounts with from women, you know, who were kind of sharing a little bit more than just the pretty aesthetically beautiful pictures and the curated feeds. I wanted... I wanted people to go a bit deeper. So getting a little bit lightheaded just talking about myself, I find it very awkward to talk about myself. I'm going to take a sip of water, but I'm going to do it off camera for the misophonia people. I'm one of them, I understand. So here I'm gracing you with my absence. One sec. Yeah, and so basically, you know, then I shared, you know, children. Children, they are an absolute gift. They're the best things that are ever going to happen to you, but they also age you at the speed of light. Sometimes they make you want to drink wine at midday. And so I would write about it, you know. I would write about my missing libido after three children. Not even after three children. My libido took off every single time I had a kid. Like, honestly, it was vacationing in Mexico after I'd had Charlie and then I don't know where it was. It was doing a world trip after Bobby. I basically, I think we had sex twice in a year and one of those was how Kobe was created. So I didn't shy away from writing about the topics that a lot of women would never put, you know, on social media one of the questions from the audience was, is there anything that you've overshared? And I was like, oh, babe, how long have you got? Because I am a oversharer at the best of times. And have I overshared? Sure. Like one, I remember one time I held a vibrator up to my face and mentioned that I had sailed away to Climax Island four times in a row. If that's not oversharing, I don't know what is. Did it sell out that said vibrator? Absolutely. So 
I actually am going to get the lady, the pear vibrator that I talk about. I think I spoke about it in one of the third podcasts that I ever did. I've shared it on my page a bit. I also spoke about it at the event. The lady who created them, her name is Rachel. She's a, a one-woman band. She's a small business and I haven't ever worked with her in a paid capacity. I just got sent a vibrator once. It was a PR send out and I was like, what on earth is this? Because it wasn't your normal phallic looking vibrators. It's in like the shape of a pear. I've nicknamed it the pear. It is not for internal. It is just for your little lady friend or your man in the boat up the top, which let's be honest, that's where majority of females orgasms come from. So when I tell you it's a good time, please everyone invest and get one. I'm trying to ask Rachel if she will do a giveaway for my followers because I know so many women want one. And I mean, I want to send it to like their husbands and be like, here's a Christmas present idea. Here's a Christmas present idea. Buy the lube too. That's also great. But I reached out to Rachel. So this is just food for thought for you guys. If you want to jump on in a few weeks time, I am going to get her on the podcast because I want to talk to her about how she created the brand, how she came up with the pair, how important self-pleasure is how incredible it is and how it will change your life for the better. And, I, you know, I've had Lisa on before and Lisa is the opposite end of me. So she does not engage in self-pleasure. She is cooked. She is missing out on the finer things in life. She's also a little bit like she's a bit of a nun. So it was funny to get her on that third podcast because it was, I guess, a nice point of difference. But I now want to get on a woman who is on the same page as me, who is an advocate for self-pleasure, and I think it's going to be a fantastic podcast. So she is coming to Sydney and she said she's going to jump on with me, so we are very excited about that. I've completely segued into dildos, but anyway, what? where was I? Where was I? Oh, that's right. How did my personal brand go overnight? My personal brand did not go overnight. It was a very, very slow, organic build. And it was just because I was on there fronting up and being honest. Like my pictures were not perfect and neither were my words, but neither is life. And I I can't stress enough how important it is to show both sides of it. Show, show yourself going out and having a fantastic time, but then show real life. I share how much of a pigsty my house looks like. And if you want to step to me and tell me that your house is pristine 24-7 hours every single day when you have three kids, I'm going to call you bluff. And if, you're, if, if maybe your house is that person, but maybe your stress levels are peaking and it's okay to not be super polished. I think the reason that people have really vibed with my content is because it is relatable because it's everyday life. And more often than not, it's something that they're going through too. Like perhaps not at that exact moment in time, but maybe they're going through it or perhaps it's an insight into what they're potentially going to go through. I use this as an example. So say for example, you're at the park and there's a woman there and her toddler is throwing down. He's flapping around on the floor like barramundi out of water. And you th- you instantly have two thoughts. You think you, you feel sympathy for that woman. You know what she's going through. You feel sympathy, you understanding, you know how tough it is. And you probably want to give her a hug and just say that you're there in solidarity with her. And then the afterthought is, thank fucking God that my child is not the only one who does that, right? And as savage as that sounds, 
seeing another woman going through that kind of scenario, that makes you feel less alone. And that is what I wanted my platform to be for other women. So I shared, especially with Bobby, because he was my spirited kid. He handed my ass to me on a platter every single day and I struggled. And if I hadn't been so vulnerable on my platform and shared, you know, the outrageous tantrums and the rage that would come with him and the testosterone, if I hadn't shared myself on there and been really vulnerable and I wouldn't have clicked with like-minded mums who were going through the same thing. I wouldn't have had the conversations with other mums who had potentially already been through it or could share some insight with me. I wouldn't have been able to help other mums be like, oh my God, it's not just me. And I only knew that it wasn't me as a parent because I had Charlie first. And because Charlie was the Dalai Lama in comparison to Bobby, I was like, I, it's not that I'm doing something wrong here because I've raised a I've raised a kid before this and she was very easy to raise. It wasn't that I was a bad mum. It was just that he's a very different kid. And I do feel for the mums who have like a Bobby first up because actually maybe maybe it's better. Maybe it's better to have a Bobby first up because having him second was really tough. And I did. I second-guessed myself and I was riddled with guilt. I thought I was doing so many things wrong. And it wasn't that. And Bobby's a fantastic child and he's really come into his own. But from 18 months to three years or even four, I, I struggled because I wasn't used to the the rage and the energy and the, the spiritedness that came with him as, you know, a, a boys. Boys are I'm going to call it, I'm going to say they're a lot more intense than girls. I'm sure there are intense girls out there, not not like labeling them. But for me, on my own personal experience, Bobby was intense. And so sharing certain things and being the mum at the park that was having the kid flapping around like Barramundi, it just helped others also in their journey. I think also life is you know, it's incredible, but it can also be really challenging. Motherhood is really challenging. And it's also one of the hardest jobs that I've ever had. I think having a sense of humor is absolutely imperative to surviving it. So when I wasn't being vulnerable and sharing some lows, I was also laughing off the things that I can't control. Like you've got a three-year-old who's crying because the grass wouldn't talk back to him or the sun was too too shiny, you have to be able to laugh at those things. You know, you work at the things that you can control and you laugh off the things that you can't. And that is why sometimes I would make funny reels. Like I'd do day in the life of my 18-month-old, a day in the life of my three-year-old. You know, my content would fluctuate between sharing little snippets of the good and the bad and then having a laugh at some things, making reels, making people have a laugh people being like, holy shit, that's my three-year-old. Wow, that's my one 18-month-old. That's exactly how my child eats. That's exactly how my kid sleeps at night. So I think people vibe with the content that I create because it is relatable. And I think the thing that makes me the happiest about having the platform that I do is the feedback that I get from other women. So that to me is what makes me the proudest. You know, I, I don't often like to share all the really lovely messages that I get. I, I I am very big on being humble and I will always stay humble. But just for this podcast alone, I will I will say that I, I do get a lot of messages from women saying that thank you for 
turning their day around, putting a smile on their face, pulling them out of a really dark spot, helping them feel less alone and sharing the content that I do because it does help them and it's helped friends of theirs and stuff like that. And that truly, that is what makes me the happiest. That is what keeps me doing what I do. You know, even if it's just reassuring a mom that she's not failing and she's given it a red hot crack. And you know what? We all have shitty days. Sometimes it's fine to cry into a wine bottle. And then we pick ourselves up and we just do the best we can the next day. So that was really important for me. And I guess the the advice that I wanted to impart on that audience was if you are comfortable with sharing a little bit more, it is going to help you build a community of women. Nobody wants to see your perfect life. Nobody, like you've got the iceberg theory, right? And the iceberg theory is like a style of writing where, you know, 10% of the iceberg is above water. And that's those people that have the stunning curated feeds. And that's fine. They have like almost unobtainable lifestyle because their life appears perfect. But then the 90% of the iceberg that's underwater, that's a real life shit. That's where you're going to have infertility struggles, pregnancy challenges, marriage dilemmas, children that are, you know, spirited, need to see an OT are really challenging. And a lot of people don't like to share that 90%. I don't know why, each to their own. Some people prefer to appear very, very polished and, you know, that's that's their own prerogative. My advice, if you want to build a platform, would be share a little bit more. Share as much as you are comfortable with and be consistent with what you share. I am an oversharer. I think people come to my platform for a reality check or a little bit of lighthearted humor. I would say it's really good to pick a lane like or pick a passion. Pick something that you love to talk about or that you really love to share with your followers. Maybe it's fashion, maybe it's cooking, maybe it's holiday stuff, maybe it's lighthearted reels. Front up as your most authentic self. Don't try and be anything that you're not, but be consistent with your delivery. So you want to be posting a lot. You want to be engaging with your audience. People will either come to your page and they'll either vibe with you straight away or they won't. And then if they vibe with you, they will be loyal to the death. Like some of the people who engage with my content are the followers that I have had since Charlie was a newborn and she's going to be seven this year. And that is so incredible for me. And I just, I have so much time for those people because it's so warmly received by me. And I love that they've come along the whole journey with me and you can have that too. So this is the podcast on how to build your own personal brand that absolutely nobody asked for. But if you are interested in it, hopefully those little tips can be helpful. Yeah. Scale it back. Be real. People want real. That's all they want these days. They don't want polished. They don't want fancy photos. They just want real life. They want to feel less alone. They want to come on the journey with you. They want to find a little social media buddy that they can relate to. That has basically concluded my TED Talk. I have been able to deliver that far better while sitting in a room solo and not a single pair of eyes have been staring on me, at me. I actually have found that talking for this long on my own hasn't been too challenging either. I've only had to step out for one drink of water. Shoot me a DM on Beyond the Likes. I will put up a little post, add a comment underneath, or let me know if I can help you. I'd love to be able to help or I can get Lisa to help. She's like really good at the back stuff. She's really good with like 
the algorithm and she is all like reels, 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 reels. So she is very big on pushing video content out because unfortunately I know a lot of people don't want to hear it, but you know, Instagram favors videos. So let me know if Lisa and I can help you because it can be, it can, Instagram can be such a blessing. The community of women that you can accumulate and the friendships that you can find, it, it truly is like an a huge virtual online mother's group. And I know for one, when I've ever put my hand up and been like, oh, does anyone know what this rash looks like? Or like my son was limping once and I remember one of the mums was like, that looks like, what was it called? Transient synovitis or something. She diagnosed that. I took him to a GP and he didn't even know. And then I took him to another GP and he was like, yeah, that looks like that transient synovitis. So the mums on here are incredible. It's it's not an overnight thing that just blows up. I've been doing Instagram now since Charlie was born. And so that is seven years. So it was a slow burn and it didn't come overnight. The more time you invest in it, the more you're going to get back from the platform. So be consistent and yeah, have a crack and let me know if I can help you with anything and I will love you and leave you. Oh, next week I'm getting out the naturopath that I have engaged. That sounds like I'm hiring a lawyer, but she came highly recommended by a girlfriend of mine and I am desperate for some help. I need a hormonal balance fix. I need all 13 personalities of mine the week before my period to morph back into the one. I am going to get her on the podcast because she is absolutely incredible. She is a wealth of knowledge. I already feel so safe and supported in her hands. We are going to chat all things, what you know, what a naturopath does, what they can do to help you, what the difference between a naturopath and conventional medicine is, you know, herbs, all of that jazz. I'm going to ask her about Bobby because every time Bobby comes off his iron supplement, his iron levels go down and I am just at my wit's end. So I'm hoping that I can make an appointment with Herb and see if she can help me with that. I'm going to ask her questions about libido missing after childbirth. I'm going to ask her about gut health. I'm going to ask anything you need me to ask her, shoot me through and I will ask her. She's going to come on next week. I'm very excited to hear from her. So I will love you and leave you. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. Can't believe I have absolutely dropped the ball on the drink reviews. I'm just so shit. Actually, I'm not going to do it with the naturopath because I'm trying to limit my alcohol intake whilst on all the herbs and supplements that she's given me. So maybe the weekend after. Thank you guys for joining me. I've said that three times already, so I'm just going to say bye now. Bye. Love you. Bye.